Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. My name is Kylie and we have Dennis Burns with us today. And we're at the Northeast Research Station and um, we have special guest today, uh, Josh Copes. Say Say hey Josh. Hello. <laughs> and Dr. Michael Delaberto. Say hey. Hello. Yeah, so today we're going to have a kind of an open discussion. Um, we're at that time of year where um, everyone's getting getting ready for, you know, farm loans and, and working on all that paperwork. And uh, the idea today is to just um, visit with our banker here and we have Dr. Michael Delaberto and we're just going to talk about what, what we need and what information um, that we have out there from the Ag Center and, and then we have the banker's perspective here on uh, what what we need when we have that meeting for, with you. So Josh, what, what do we need when we have well, an appointment with you? Hold up, I, let's let them qualify how they're qualified. Okay, we need to introduce, yes. So yeah. Josh, what, introduce yourself. Tell us yourself. about yourself, yeah. I'm Josh Copes, I grew up around here from Tallulah. I work currently with Cross Keys Bank as a loan officer where we do a lot of ag lending and Previously with LSU as an agronomist, yep. mm-hmm. so know a little bit about the ag back uh, industry, and now know somewhat about the banking side of things. I'm Mike Delaberto. I'm an ag economist based in Baton Rouge at the Department of Ag Economics and Agribusiness. I'm in North Louisiana a pretty good bit, and I do all the production economics, budgets, and ag policy work for corn, cotton, rice, sugarcane, grain, sorghum. Wheat, soybeans, and I think hemp has been added to my recent portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a joy. Uh, I love agriculture and get to work with some great folks along the way. So it's uh, a blessing. Yeah, and we've had both of y'all on before, mm-hmm. and uh, we were just talking. Josh was actually our very first, uh, our very, on our very first podcast. So yes. we're, we're really glad to have you back. And, Good to be back. And we've come a long way. So yes. we've got sophistication. We've got headphones, microphones. I mean, we're. I mean, we were just on a cell phone and a little mic when That's we first right. started this gig. That's and right. Now we uh, we look a little bit more... Like we know what we're doing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, well, let's get started. Um, so, let's start. We um, I call you. I, I set up a meeting, and I'm a farmer, and I, and I need to come get a farm loan. What do I need to bring? What do you want from me, I guess? <laughs> well, if you're coming in fresh, new, mm-hmm. of course, we'd like to know all your financials and what your intended planning makers would be for each crop or commodity um, yield history if we can go back five years is great but whatever yield history you may have uh, with the financials let's look at a financial statement or a balance sheet showing the liabilities current and long term um, with liabilities and assets and from there we can use some tools that Dr. Delberto will talk of to help build a production expense and a cash flow model once we have all the inputs, crop inputs in place and 10 crop acres and commodity prices that we will use. A lot of times we go off of the, it's the FSA determined price. And, but right, right now we do have some loans starting to come in. We're going off of an average of what potential prices would be look like next year or what we can get right now. So 
that's the main thing that we would look for and then we would if the producer needed help building a production um, a projected cost of production you know sometimes I'd refer to Dr. Delberto's just to kind of help out trying to build where his expenses may be and well, most of the times they kind of know well, yeah, I'm in this range with my fuel cost labor um, seed fertilizer but know what's wrong with the increase in production price uh, come production prices uh, cost of production that's going to be a little more challenging this year mm -hmm. you know kind of how we need to work off of that and that's and that's kind of the point of what we want to talk about today yeah. and Michael I'm sure you've got something well, on that well, Michael, let me just throw it. He sent something out yesterday or day before. It's got the little thing where yeah. you, it shows you the different prices and your yield levels and all that to show. Yeah, we have, um, you know, we've, we've got some new information out. Um, we just released uh, some information yesterday. Matter of fact, my research associate, Mr. Brian Hilton, and I, who you all know, uh, help me put together what we call a benchmarking analysis tool and really that was kind of spurred by the realization that producers are going to see pretty tight margins in 2022 input prices are high for not only fuel and fertilizer some of the more energy related inputs that follow crude oil and natural gas markets but also the availability of seed the availability of agricultural chemicals either through production shortages or through supply chain logistics and some issues there we wanted to come up with a tool prior to those enterprise budgets that, that we released every January that would let producers start to do maybe a little bit more early budgeting about well, just how significant would that increase in inputs be. And even though it's a basic Microsoft Excel spreadsheet, the intent was for them to go in, load their data on a dollar per acre expenditure level, and if they have farm records that go back four previous years, it's a good way to analyze, well, higher market prices that we're seeing now relative to those higher input costs, you know, those margins, $5, $6 corn sounds great, but when the input costs go up 60, 70, 80% on certain items, well then that margin at $5 corn really looks more like, you know, 350 or 360 corn. Uh, and that's what we have now, but really the, the most important thing that I'm sure uh, Josh could speak to is just the importance of farm record keeping and having the, having that detailed information uh, compiled before you go sit down with the banker so you can understand, help that banker realize what the range or how, you know, what a 5% increase or a 10% increase would mean to a producer's bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's good to always play with the numbers as much as you can and as early as you can. That way, you know, even price volatility right now. Everything still looks good and I think everything will cash flow still, but it's definitely going to squeeze things. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've got enterprise budgets uh, available through the County Agent Network. Uh, they're available on our Ad Center website. We've got tools for cash flow mod modeling for different crops, tools that will look at the competability of, say, corn or soybeans or cotton or soybeans. Uh, that are available as well as some risk management tools, RPLC, uh, some basic crop insurance tutorials. But we follow what we would call a representative farm approach to that, where we look at you know average prices, average yields. We follow the recommendations that the specialists of the LSU Ad Center make. But then you know we always encourage producers to get in and you know tweak those budgets to match you know soil type, uh, weed pressure, and things like that. And I'm sure Josh can. With this background, you can probably speak to that a lot better than I can because 
uh, you know, cutting on one input to save another relative to your particular farming operation and production conditions. It's uh, oftentimes you don't know which one not to apply to, you know, that's going to save you the most money or maybe you're going to run the risk of taking the yields get down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Different crops, different types of soils and irrigation methods and row spacings, you know, can all play a factor in budgets. Well, and that's something that and we've had this discussion, Kylie and myself and RL and Bruce, we've all talked about here lately the price of fertilizer. What can I leave out? And I know this is using economists you're thinking about this, but as a banker and just what Michael said about robbing from one crop, one input to pay for another, I mean... What does, can you afford to do? What yeah. can you afford to do? I mean, fertilizer, what'd you say... That was, yeah. The USDA puts out uh, a bi-weekly report. Now this comes out of the Midwest, but they track uh, retail fertilizer price offerings. And this was dated uh, October 21st. Uh, I could cheat not being in person. I can look at my computer so I can <laughs> add the price all this stuff. Uh, but the urea, uh, $810 a ton, was the average uh, offer or uh, average ask, excuse me, DAF was 814 a ton and potash was 775 a ton. Uh, farm diesel in the Midwest is 3.07 a gallon on average. So I think that just tells you we're certainly a long way from the 2021 budgets we put together back last January. Uh, and I'm sure our 2022 budgets, we're going to start working on those in the coming weeks that we're going to release the day we come back from the holiday break. And, uh, you know, that dollar seventy-three diesel of, of, of last year is certainly not going to be there. It's probably going to be something with a high two or maybe a three in front of it. So it's, uh, but I think it goes back to what Josh had said too, you know, irrigation technology, seed, seed types, uh, even for rice, are you growing conventional or hybrid varieties? And the, the different cost components, but, you know, I, I think it's, as from, a, from an economist standpoint, you know, what production input do you cut? You know, uh, fertil uh, a good fertilizer fertility plan is the foundation of a good crop. Uh, and saying, well, I didn't put this uh, fungicide out or didn't put this insecticide out, but that's the reason why I have an X bushel yield drag. You know, it's so hard to so hard to decipher at the end of the year what was that isolated cause. But um, you know, somebody uh, brought this up. I was talking to the producer the other day just the import, importance of saying maybe a 10 or $12 soil sample. And, you know, soil sampling, grid sampling, so maybe if you don't need to apply P or K at a higher rate this year, that $10 test may avoid you putting out, you know, 20 or 30 pounds extra of a, a, a fertilizer at, you know, a big cost increase that spending $10 could save you 20 or 30 down the road. Yeah, that can be a problem for put on my agronomist hat for a little bit. When you think about soil fertility in general and how much is removed after each crop harvest, you know, if we wait until prices are good to well, typically to put out any fertilizer, well, fertilizer prices aren't good anymore now. So if we can start with our soil tests and build, not build, but to replant, not replenish, to maintain soil productivity levels, and over the long term, you're going to benefit. And that's something that sometimes that can be missed, I think. Everybody worries about weed control, insect control. As you can then, see that, mm -hmm. you can see Roundup work. I mean, you don't see fertilized work, unless nitrogen, but I mean, potash, P and K, you don't, you don't really see it work, you know, I mean. And having a 
you know, mess with potassium and phosphorus this year, I mean, we're going to get back into dipping into that budget pretty hard, especially if you're going to have a big crop like corn. We have a big corn crop this year, a lot of nutrients removed. Now, how do we plan to move into next year fertility wise? Yeah. You know, corn does not look that attractive right now at the current urea prices. Yeah, yeah, and Michael, you were just talking about that earlier. I mean, what were your predictions, I guess, for next year? Where do you think we're going? Well, I think, you know, nationally, Kylie, uh, the biggest thing this early, I say early, uh, early for next year mm -hmm. uh, in terms of 2022, you know, everybody or in the trade, they all talk about that soybean to corn price ratio, and that kind of drives the early acreage decision, especially what those folks in the Midwest are going to do. But uh, I was looking, I think as of uh, Monday, November 1st, uh, the 22 bean contract to the 22 corn contract, November to December, uh, that ratio was at a six-year low of 2.23. And a lot of people would know that anytime that number gets, you know, below 2.324, it's basically telling you that, you know, uh, corn is still profitable, not by a lot, but, you know, we're a long way from where soybean prices were with those $14, $15 this year. Uh, and I think it's a lot of factors too, but, you know, with, with input costs projected to go up so much year over year, I think marginal acres in the Midwest, nationally, even here uh, in the Mid-South, uh, you know, some of those corn acres are going to have trouble cash flowing, especially with utility needs and, and rising input costs and things like that. But I think it just, again, it stresses the importance of using enterprise budgets, using these cash flow tools that you can get from your bank or you can get from your extension service to examine well what does a five percent increase in cost look like or a ten percent cost and see how your break-even analysis changes see how your cost of production changes because that cost of production number how much does it cost me to make that profit every year that's going to be a fundamental component that i'm going to use when i start to market that crop too you know, with futures prices, you know, over $5 for corn, beans are still above $12. Knowing your cost of production through having enterprise budgets and good record keeping, you can maybe start to solidify maybe some advanced bookings and maybe get a little bit more aggressive on your marketing plan if you've maybe already secured your inputs and you know where your cost of production is and you, you kind of know what your margins already look like, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Go back to the... Josh, you said that y'all did the uh, y'all use the prices from FSA. Do I mean? But you also take into account market prices. Yes, if they marketed something, we'll update cash flows. So, so okay, farmer comes in and says, "I put fifty thousand bushels of soybeans at twelve sixty-five, and we're using twelve twenty-five. Well, he gets yeah. a bonus. On okay, so because yeah. we talked about next December cotton is ninety-two cents on the board, so you could you know for probably three, four hundred points, you could lock in, if you buy an option, a put option, you could lock in, say, 80, 88, 87 cents. Mm -hmm. And you would use that, not, you would use what they actually have. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, so that makes a big difference. There's been a lot of people marketing, I believe, in certain commodities right now. Yeah. Uh, what do y'all hear, okay, let's talk acres-wise, what everybody's talking about. What do y'all hear? As far as what you we talked a little bit, what do you hear about acres? What crops? Corn's gonna get cut around here. That's, I have a feeling. That's, Unless something happens and acres are bought back out with you know increasing prices, I mean corn's gonna lose some acres. It's yeah. inevitable. 
Cotton acres going double? They're going to go up. I mean, there's a lot of talk on the street about planting a fair amount of cotton. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. No. Well, diversification is good. I mean, you know. Uh, and you and can too, you know, one thing to talk about, you know, with, with, with crop choices and, you know, marketing, we talked about enterprise budgets a lot too, is uh, where the insurance projected prices are going to be for, for, for new crop too. And those, you know, insurance projected prices are going to be keyed off your futures market. So I think higher commodity prices, they do signal, you know, a higher level of risk protection and what those policies may offer. Now that does come at an increased premium cost to the producer to maintaining the actuarial soundness of the policies and so forth. But I think the biggest thing in, in, in the face of rising input costs, maybe say declining soybean prices, is how do producers view their risk management portfolio too. Um, you know, what's maybe bullish in the corn market, you may see some bearish factors in the soybean market now. So I think producers also, once they have an idea on their acreage, their rotational plans, uh, they use the enterprise budgets. I think the next step is to say, well, from a risk management standpoint, how am I able or what tools am I going to use to maybe protect some of this investment, which is basically growing an expensive crop the way input costs are going to be moving forward. Yeah, well, and that the crop insurance, I know on your end, is, is in with the farmers, you know, that's that's a factor too for y'all, and it's I mean what their coverage yes. is. And yes, a lot of times you know you can't farm without insurance anymore. So well, you got to have it just to participate in the in the FSA, in the FSA. Right. and it's gone up tremendously. I paid mine the other day; it's gone up way more than. And I'm just the cap cover. Yes, it's uh, uh, everything's going up. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I don't know, you know, that's kind of crazy, but I guess everything goes up except what we get as a farmer. <laughs> and we're the, we're the, we're the, the lowest paid. We don't get to set our prices. So. No, that's uh, unfortunate. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's, a, it's the way it is, the way it's always been. So. I was to say, it's the way it's always been. That's farming. I've always heard that saying over and over again. Yeah, I know. Just something I thought about the supply chain issues with some of our products is concerning. But I have talked with a few people and they think it as long as everybody doesn't panic and go out and buy a bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. particular stuff, then supply should be met. But yeah. you know it'd be like toilet paper before long. <laughs> well, let me, let me I'm gonna bring this up because I read the article last night that John Deere workers are still out on strike. Mm -hmm. Now, we're pretty much done with harvest. I mean, we're, we're pretty much just, I mean, down to a few odd and end fields uh, left. So as far as harvest repairs go, now they're still doing field work, but you talk about supply chain. I mean, we have a lot of green equipment in Northeast Louisiana. We have a lot of red too. Let me cover them all my colors here. We have a lot of red and we have a lot of blue. But, and they're all in the same boat, that parts are getting tight, you know. I've heard of some people getting some ship from far off, like overseas, so. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's got to factor into a budget, Michael. I mean, it, it <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, uh, when we put these budgets together, we look at, you know, repair cost coefficients, and we let the good people at Mississippi State that developed that enterprise budget several years ago, uh, the software that we still use today, 
And, um, you know, we, we work a lot with the folks at Mississippi State, uh, Will Maples and Brian Mills and those folks over there. And the way we build all that is we just assume average use, average repair costs that the American Association of Ag Engineers says, but I don't think that those guys know about the heat, the humidity, and the wear and tear that we, do, that, that we put on equipment year-round here in Louisiana. But, you know, another factor to consider is repair costs. And when that machine's not running, it's still costing you money. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, a repair bill that maybe wasn't so much a couple of years ago when that equipment was newer, well, the older and older it gets, and the harder and harder to find parts are in that downtime, it's it's not only costing you money and say operational efficiency, but is it going to provide you you know delays to where you know I really need to harvest, I I, I need to get this field prepped, or I need to get this thing cut because you know the fun's coming through, it's going to rain, and then you know what's that going to do to quality and, and things like that. So you know downtime is is a real issue. I don't think that's anything we we we've, we've never heard of or never talked about before. But I think that opens the, the door to efficiency a little bit, just how much downtime really costs the farming operation, not just an additional labor of diesel fuel, but maybe some of the long-run consequences of you know, crop deterioration, God forbid, or even things of that nature. Yeah, that's, that's always concerning. Um, Michael, I got a question. Maybe you covered a little bit of it, but if you... Say we, when you're building your enterprise budget, say this for soybeans, there's a lot of factors that are involved. Can you, and I like using your enterprise budgets to kind of help start out and look and work with numbers. What, how do you put some of those numbers together? Like your costs? So how far back do you look? What we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll follow the recommendations of the Ad Center in terms of fertilizer recommendation, things like that, where uh, we, we do a budget or we do a series of budgets for the Northeast, um, and we do a, a budget for Southwest Louisiana, different production systems, different weather, disease pressure, et cetera. And um, we'll follow those recommendations, and what we'll do is we'll survey input suppliers um, around the state. Uh, sometimes I don't think they like us coming around too, too terribly much before Thanksgiving, but we try. We try to be polite when we ask them for uh, their estimates of what they, they see commodity or they see input prices going for. And we get the quantities from folks like David Mosley and you know uh, folks like that. And then we'll say, okay, well, what are the costs going? Where are the projected costs going to be in November on a new crop? Um, and, and, and we'll piece a budget like that together and then we'll say, well, how many shots of herbicide are we putting out? And what the weed scientists uh, recommend? And then we start to construct that in a software program to where we look at, you know, average machinery. Uh, and we look at it from a cost standpoint. Um, that's our first step is to estimate the true cost of producing a crop based on inputs, fertilizer, fuel, chemical prices that a Louisiana grower on average, you know, could pay. We don't use prices maybe from say North Mississippi or Texas or somewhere like that. We try to let those costs be as, as, as localized and as centralized as they can. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll do prices and yields to estimate returns over a range of prices and yields based on historical patterns and historical trends. We're not going to say that you know the average returns for soybeans in Louisiana needs to be X dollars per acre because we're using a $12 price and a 50 bushel bean yield because that just can't be applied universally. That's that's not the umbrella approach to measuring, you know, how efficient or how competitive soybeans are. And you try to put that many assumptions with it. So we try to provide the cost as a starting point between grower and maybe lender, 
and then we say, okay, well, here's how my operation differs from what whatever she recommends, or well, I'm, I'm not going over the ridge, I'm going the delta, and then, you know, historically, I market with futures and options or hedge to arrive contracts, and, you know, using APH records, my productivity on my bean crop is, you know, 62.4 bushels, and assuming normal weather trends, we're going to go ahead and budget for that. You know, but then a year like this, it's with your tool, you can do a lot of sitting down your spare time and analyze a lot of things. It's a great starting point, especially if it's a young producer just starting out. Mm -hmm. Now we have this huge hike in input costs. Where do I need to start to kind of try to adjust, or if he's never even farmed before, you got somewhere to go off of. Yeah. And then you can talk with your lender or whomever and refine that and, uh, and you said it's Michael, a great tool. Your, the, the new ones will come out the first of next year yes ma'am the first ones uh our, our i say i'm air quoting this our official 2022 uh budgets will come out uh january 4th 2022 we'll send those out to the agents we'll put them on the website send it to the specialists and that's the black and white copies those are the official 2022 uh excel spreadsheets cash flow model, models competitiveness uh, analyzers, rental evaluation uh, tools. But uh, I'm telling growers now that go ahead and pull up that 2021 version, recopy that file over and start running numbers for 2022 already. Just because that file or that title says 21 on it, you can use those things time after time after time. Constant refinement is the key. We, we don't want to be static in some of these uh, estimates that we're using because the markets, both on the input side as well as the commodity prices, we're seeing higher prices, which is good uncertainty in the market. But then with the rising input costs, it's kind of bringing us, bring us back down to reality a little bit. But Josh, you know, hit the nail on the head. Constant refinement of these things. You know, don't look at it, you know, once every couple of months as you kind of plan or getting information together. Look at it as often as you can to really analyze, well, how are these trends likely to affect me? And I think that's a that, that's an important part because with marketing, I know a lot of the information I get comes out of the Midwest and some of those Midwest basis uh, basis levels and everything else. Maybe that's not reflective of what our folks are seeing in the Delta or what they're seeing in Central Louisiana. So just a, just another thing to consider. We try to present average numbers out of LSU with the work we do, but they are in no uh, they are they are not meant to be taken as. This is what you should get. We want to be wrong because we want y'all to be way more profitable than what those default values say. <laughs> now, and that's, that's why we everything in blue for the producer to change. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> is this above or below where where my records tell me I need to be? So now, let me ask this, Josh. As as you you put your banker hat back on, your old agronomist hat off. Like if I make a crop loan and then I come back in, say, in April or March and say, okay, corn has gone way down or corn has gone way up or some, something's changed. I can come in and sit down and say, okay, we need to revitalize, re, Absolutely. redo it. And because things come up during the season. Oh, I need a track hoe to dig out some ditches. And we can plug all this back in your financial yeah. cash flow. And Move around some numbers on your bookings and make everything final out. Or if I'm if I'm really good at marketing and I've got way more money, you know, so you can adjust stuff like that. Exactly. So, yes. So it's a it's not just a. You come in and say, okay, this is where I'm alone. You're stuck. You're stuck. <laughs> You're you, this is the only place you can spend that money. You can adjust. No, no, everything's done. You know, when things change. We 
we will tell you. Yeah. Okay. So that's why it's always important to be really good friends with your lenders, huh? That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're a real nice guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have that that's great what, relationship. They always said, well, I did Bowiegle. Uh, <laughs> we always laughed about because we put out traps around all around all fields, and the trappers would come in and say, yeah, the front of his field, that's what the banker sees. It looks really good. You need to go to the backside. <laughs> they don't ever mow on the backside. They just mow the front. They mow the front every two weeks, but in the back now, we do that. You know, yeah, so. that works for late boys, too. Back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. well, that's all the questions I have, and I really appreciate the both of y'all tag-teaming this topic and uh, getting that information out and, uh, you know, like Michael said, those enterprise budgets, those are on the website. But, of course, if anybody needs those right now and you can't find them, because I know the website is kind of a tricky place to, to be, but reach out to us and we'll get those We'll get those to you. And um, we appreciate both of y'all being here and seeing Enjoy. you again, Josh, and uh, Michael, too. And uh, thank you all for joining thank us. You. All right. Thank you all. Thanks, Mike. See you, Josh. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.